This is a podcast from Minute Media. Buffalo is one of those teams I think can implode. I think we talk a lot about, um, you know, they, they, they had Super, Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, but when you get Josh Allen in those moments where there's fourth and long, he kind of gets a little fidgety to me for some reason. And he'll, 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 he'll make a bad throw, make a bad decision, sit in the pocket, take a sack when he's not supposed to take a sack. So he's one of that Buffalo is one of those teams to get back to our original point of I think they 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 could implode down the stretch uh, in the playoffs. This is Big Man Bets, and uh, yes, I'm trying to be cool like my guys Nick Mangold, Orlando Pace, the Hall of Famer and the Hall of Famer to be, greatest show on turf, and the New York Jet for life, gentlemen. We have something very serious to address at the start of the show. Uh, a man, I believe his name is Darren Rovell. He's out there on Twitter saying that offensive linemen are not marketable. There is, and 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 there is no offering them name, image, and likeness. We're talking on the college level, isn't in the spirit of what this is all about. Nick, we're talking about this because you said this is the dumbest take of all time. We've got two offensive linemen here who we are marketing, and, and I, for one, am offended. And, and Nick, we're going to start with you. Rovell thinks that you can't sell numbers. You can, no, nobody's going to buy your jersey. I don't know. You walk around, uh, you know, the, the stadium here in, in Jersey. I think you see a, a lot of 74, do you not? No, I think I walk around and no one knows who I am, and it's a whole big thing, and I can just blend in perfectly. Um, Darren uh, is known for his hot takes and stupid comments. This one is, is by far his most stupid comment that he's made. Um, I remember when I was uh, just a wee whippersnapper um, back in Ohio and seeing the Orlando Pace pancake magnet that was for his Heisman, uh, you know, trying to get the Heisman. Like, I remember that. And I think I may have owned one. Uh, That thing was awesome. So if you're going to try to tell me that um, offensive linemen are not markable, you are a fool. Um, but fun story on this. It has a little bit of closure uh, as it's made its way around the Twitterverse uh, last night. So this uh, this popped off yesterday morning, I think, Tuesday morning. And uh, so Tuesday evening, I'm taking my daughter to her, uh, like her American Ninja Warrior class that she takes. She's seven years old. Um, and I'm picking her up. And as I'm picking her up, as we're walking out, Guy taps me on the shoulder, he looks over, it's Darren. Uh, his uh, twin seven-year-olds are also taking the uh, the class as well. Um, the kids were there, so I didn't make a scene out of it, but I just found that it's a small world, um, and I'm glad that he had to see me in person to know that that tweet was just a terrible tweet. And I didn't say anything, I didn't do anything wrong, and I didn't make a big scene, uh, but he knew, he had, he had the guilt in his eyes, he saw it, um, and so I feel good about that. Yeah, yeah I agree. I think this is a, a terrible take. And, and to be honest, Mark, you're, you're on the you're on the line with two guys who had two national spots. I'm watching television not too long ago and seeing my man Nick Mango on a national commercial. So obviously, uh, we're both pretty marketable in the world of uh, even post football, man. So. Uh, and then, you know, obviously a lot of guys are fans of offensive line play in some, in some aspects. If you look at if you go to a Cleveland game, you'll see a ton of Joe Thomas jerseys all over Cleveland. Uh, guys just love, you know, a lot of the guys, the bigger guys that probably paid, played offensive line 
They love the big guys up front. Um, and then we're the smartest guys on the field anyway. So, uh, of course, we can we can navigate our ways through the marketing world and and, uh, and personality, let our personality show. We just don't do a lot of talking uh, up front but because uh, we're all about playing. But, uh, of course, we're marketing. That's a horrible take. And, uh, you know, obviously, the big guys are, are marketable, uh, even on the national spot. Let's underline that the smartest guys on the field. I, I like that flex right there, Orlando. And, and let's <laughs> and let's also talk about like who is the football fan? Who are the people in the stadium? A, a lot. Let's a good percentage, right? Hard hat going to work, making it making it happen for the family. There's a relatability to the offensive lineman who's not getting the glory out there. I mean, come on, yeah, let, right. Overworked, underappreciated, man. There's a lot of a lot of football fans out there that could that that could. Uh that could use that mantra a lot of blue collar guys that go out and love the game of football and, and love to see the big guys uh do what do what they do so um yeah i yeah it's, it's a ridiculous take but mark do you know what i find crazy what i find crazy about all this is you look at a, a, a football game and what position has the most players on the field every play the offensive line you have five offensive linemen every play you might have five or six DBs, one player, two plays here and there. You might throw a couple, you know, you might have five linebackers in a passing situation. You're trying to rush the passer. Uh, you might get five wide receivers very rarely, but guaranteed every play of the game, you're going to have five offensive linemen. I don't understand why people have always been knocking that the offensive lineman isn't marketable when it is clearly the largest group of people on a field at one time um who you know are the most intelligent i will i'll give a little <laughs> pass to quarterback quarterbacks are pretty smart i will right, give them right. that yeah, um yeah. and there are a handful of running backs when you start talking protection they're very good in that too uh though they don't want to be and will not admit it but as far as a group goes offensive linemen are the most intelligent group of the of the football team and you have five of those guys on the field at the same time I feel like it's a marketer's dream to be able to have these, this group of fellas that is probably the most close-knit group as well, um, sitting on the field, being able to do things. I mean, it just, it, it's so dumb overall. I, I, I don't get it. <laughs> it's another great point. People love community, want to have friends in life, you know, get, get a group together. I, all right. We, I think we've done enough. Uh, damage to what Darren was trying to do to the O-line. I, I feel better about it. So we're going to start in Philly. And we've got a Gardner Minshew who played great last week. And then we have Jalen Hurts. And we're asking who you think should start. Gardner for his career. 39 touchdowns, 11 picks. Played on a terrible Jacksonville team. Uh, this year he's 22 of 27 couple of touchdowns and, and Jalen's coming in uh, with a 60% completion percentage, 13 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Of course, he much more able to pick up yards on the ground. He's got 695 rushing yards. What are you doing if you're filling? Both of them are young, 23 for Jalen, 26 for Gardner. He's this ain't some old vet here. Uh, Orlando, what would you do if you're the Eagles? You know what? I would probably go with, uh, I'd probably go with Jalen. I think Gardner, you kind of know what he is now. Uh, and then obviously just the upside, uh, of Jalen Hurts and, and what he can do on the field in terms of throwing the ball and then running the ball, uh, it really gives another another dimension to your offense. So 
you know, I, and I think Gardner, I think is a great story. He can come in and be a spot guy from time to time, but there's a reason he's a backup because you do see the, the potential in Jalen and what he could do as you, as you progress down the season. Uh, I, I wouldn't get caught up in one big game that Gardner had. I think uh, he came in and spelled and played well and, and, uh, and got the victory, obviously, but I think Jalen Hurts is still your future. So I, I would probably go back to him uh, when he's ready. Yeah, you know, I look uh, I look at this Eagles team and, you know, Nick Sirianni coming in and it seemed like he, he was kind of being stubborn at the beginning of the year and then just figured, all right, listen, let's go with what works. Let's go with what Jalen does best. And, you know, we'll go from there. And, and things really started to turn around for him. Um, what I the trouble I have with Gardner Minshew is a he's a fantastic person. Uh, I was able to meet him. Uh, I think the last Super Bowl or some, somewhere years ago. Um, and so he's a, he's a great guy, um, but he was stuck on a terrible Jacksonville team. Like, you know, you, you go to Jacksonville and you're like, well, we don't have weapons and we don't really care if we win or lose. And so it doesn't really matter. Um, and he still has those numbers. You know, you said 39 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Those are fantastic numbers. So if you put him on a team that, um, you know, he can excel on and, and it has a good team around him and has a good base, good organization. You know, I would love to see what he can do. Eagles are in a fantastic position here. I mean, they have two quarterbacks that have shown that they can win and, and shown that they can play in the NFL. Um, so I think the best bet for this year is, you know, I think, I think Philly is Jalen Hurts. I mean, they drafted him like that's their guy. He, he's going to be there. I think what you're coming out of it is we'll see if he plays again this week or not, but in Gardner, you have someone that is a fantastic trade bait and, you know, everyone talks about draft capital and everything. If he plays another solid game, you know, in his time as a backup and his time is filling in like that, when you come into free agency March and you're getting around draft time, like that, that little dangle of a, a quarterback that can come in and start right away uh, I think would elicit, you know, great offers coming in for Philly. So uh, they're in a great position. Um, and I think they will stick with uh, Jalen Hurts just because he's their, their homegrown guy. He's the guy they drafted, and that's where they want to stay. I mean, okay, so you just tee that up, though. If he was a first-round pick and he had those numbers, I mean, wouldn't he be talked about differently, Orlando? I mean, I'm wondering if Minshew might be the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. If he, if he was drafted like Sam Darnold, and, and was doing what he's doing, well, how would we be talking about him? You'll be talking about it as being a starter in this league somewhere. I think uh, with those type of numbers, and, you you know, he would be somebody's starter. But obviously, when you draft a guy, he's your guy at that time. You almost feel obligated in the league because, he, you know, to make that work or at least give him more, more chances than you would a guy like Gardner. Uh, let me just say one thing about Gardner I thought was good, and I'm glad they captured it. Just the raw emotion of after the game, the time he spent with his with his father. I thought that was a cool moment, and I'm glad somebody captured that moment because Nick, as you know, in the league, we don't get those moments like that. Like we don't, you know, to be that excited about a victory to have a chance to play. So as a fan of football, I, I was, I was, I was, I thought that was a pretty cool moment to see the interaction between he and his dad. Uh, you know, just the, the the excitement that they both shared in those moments. Yeah, it was it was really cool to see that. Um, a, I love the choice of jacket from uh, oh, Gardner. Yeah, that was, I thought that was <laughs> I thought that was fantastic. I need to get me one of those. Um, and you know, it, that's that's the passion you need to see. And so I think when you talk about underrated quarterbacks, you talk about guys that 
um, you know, who, who when we're throwing around names that you've never heard of that are coming out like the giant starter uh, for this week with two guys being injured, you know, you've never heard of this guy um, having, I, I don't know why he has this bad taste in everyone's mouth because he does have the numbers. Um, and I think it just all spawns from his time in Jacksonville, you know, Jacksonville he put a stain on him. If he had been anywhere else, maybe it would be like, Hey, listen, you know, we have our franchise quarterback, let's roll with them and get him pieces and, and, and protect him. Um, you know, so, and he's a feel good story. You know, you love to see that family aspect of it. You love to see the way that he carries himself where, you know, he doesn't take himself too seriously. He's not, uh, you know, the hardo or, and he's not the, the crazy, like I'm stuck in a playbook. I need to learn everything and anything. Um, he just enjoys his time. He enjoys being a quarterback in the NFL. Uh, and I think that's refreshing. So um, I think whatever, after the season, you know, as long as he does well as this backup, um, he will be traded to a team. And I think he will get a starting opportunity. Yeah, Jake Fromm going for the Giants this week. If Daniel Jones has got the next brain and then Mike Glennon is in the concussion protocol. So you never know when opportunity knocks. Who do you think we overrate? the most in the quarterback conversation who gets talked about all the time. And it's either because he was a first round draft pick or the city that he's playing in. Does anybody jump, jump to my Nick that on the, on the overrated side, like, and like, Hey, this dude can't play. Um, all right. So I'm torn on this because I think he can play. I think he's not playing right now um, very well. So he gets thrown into it. Um, but Baker Mayfield, Every time I see one of those progressive commercials and he's at the stadium and they're, you know, talking about something they've shot. I mean, they, I've seen at least seven different, eight different commercials of him uh, being in the stadium, doing things. It was like, what has he done to elicit this amount of media attention in these commercials? Um, and so I think that's kind of where I stand, you know, if he wasn't hurt, and he was still flying, uh, flying high and, and, you know, had the Browns rolling. Uh, I probably wouldn't think that, but right now with him hurt and, you know, there's all these questions swirling and there's a whole thing with Odell and it's been up and down with Baker. Um, you know, you, you just sit there and you're like, all right, I've seen enough of, you know, you're going and, and you know, telling the security code is six. Like, it's just, <laughs> it gets old. I don't like it. Yeah, you know what? That was my that was my initial thought. Baker Mayfield, in no fault of his own. Obviously, a progressive is going to cut him a check. Obviously, take the check. But yeah, oh, yeah I'm not I'm not blaming him. Like you, you get your money. You, you do your commercials. I will do any commercial that'll come in front of me. I have no Absolutely. issue with that. Um, but when we talk, like you know, who overall, like the whole idea of deserving it right now, I just don't see it. I'm telling you, he must be locked into a great deal with them uh, with that with that commercial spot because there's it's like ten different versions of it. And it's like, dude, what is? You know, I know he probably even at this point he's probably feeling uncomfortable. Like, dude, I don't, I'm not. Why am I on national TV? I'm not even playing that well. Uh, but you know, obviously, because it's said, you know, so I, that's the top of mind that, and I, and I don't know if we talk about him as much in terms of overrating him. I just think because we see him so much on television. It makes him like, okay, dude, you're not you're not doing anything to, to warrant a national spot. He's probably on television more than, than Tom Brady is um, in commercial spots. So, uh, you know, it, I think that's one of the things that kind of overrates him. And then they had such high expectations coming to the into the season, and to fall short of those expectations until now makes it makes him feel really overrated.
let, let's talk about a, a former MVP who may or may not get back to that level, but uh, Lamar Jackson is, is, is scuffling right now. And I'm, I'm wondering, you know, just reasons why you think it's happening. Baltimore hasn't scored uh, 20 points in their last four. His QBR on the year is down to 41. Um, I mean, la- last two years, he was in the 90s. He was second in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. Uh, the Ravens have had issues with, you know, losing running backs and losing offensive linemen. They're banged up all over the field. But uh, Orlando, what, what do you think is going on with Lamar when you look at, at what's uh, at Baltimore? Yeah, after watching the game this past past weekend, uh, it just seems like he he has too much pressure on his shoulders. And I think during the course of, of the offense, I feel like he's trying to do too much, right? Uh, which which they need in order for him to win. But you know, obviously, sometimes it's better to throw the ball away, or he sit, he holds the ball too long, like those type of things. Because I think he's trying to make that big play, and sometimes just being consistent, handing the ball off, for taking that three yard run, and not making every play the spectacular play, um, you know, and understanding uh, pocket presence, understanding that TJ Watts coming off that edge pretty fast. You got to get rid of the ball or get out of the pocket. Uh, and so I think he's just trying, it's too, it's, it seems like there's a lot of pressure on him. Uh, and so much of their offense goes through him and what he can do athletically uh, that I, I feel like sometimes he comes up short. You know, I feel like he's a, you know, he, he's the only guy on that office that can make something happen. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, you know, as you get deeper into the season, you know, you, you begin to be wore down, taking the hits, taking the pounding. And I think that's what he's kind of experiencing now. Yeah, I don't This is tough because, you know, you look at Lamar and the way that he's been going, it's been such an up and down role for the Ravens. Um, and, you know, we, we see going into Pittsburgh is always difficult to play. Uh, you know, Pittsburgh coming off that loss at the Bengals, Knew they were going to be fired up playing at home. Um, and so, the, you know, the defense is going to take it upon himself. But, you know, like Orlando said, you compare it to Patrick Mahomes at the beginning of the season, who was trying to do too much um, and, you know, trying to make up for other deficiencies around the team. Um, I, I, I feel like I feel like this isn't a wear and tear yet, you know, where you were saying like, all right, he's, he's getting worn down, he's getting tired, you know, he's had to take on too much. I think it is him just trying to do too much. And if they can settle down and, you know, they've lost so many people to injuries, O-line and, and running back, if they could get a run game going, if they could find that little spark to take a little bit of edge off of what Lamar thinks he has to do and just let him, you know, be the guy that they want to be, um, you know, that would help out a ton. But right now, I mean, you've been going through just some weird stretches of games. You know, you had your, your tummy issue game. Um, you have a, a, a game where you throw four interceptions, but you still have managed to eke out the win. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's been a bad stretch for them. They need to kind of, kind of have that get right moment where the, they take a deep breath. And I think that's the biggest thing. Like, all right, all right, we have, you know, we had a bad spell. Let's get right. Let's get back in the book. Let's get back to the fundamentals and we'll be good. And I think that's where they need to go. Their schedule is tough, Nick. I mean, they're at Cleveland, Green Bay at home, at Cincy. You got the Rams and, and Steelers to wrap up the year. I mean, they're in the playoffs right now. I think most people expect that they'll, they'll hang there, but who knows what happens here. They could lose out. Do you look at them as Super Bowl contenders right now? Not. Um, I, I mean, other than the fact that they're in the playoffs right now, but when you do, you know, you talk about that schedule and you talk about, 
the heavy hitters that are coming down the pike for him. Um, it, it's going to be a tough road to, to, to plow. Uh, but, you know, if they get through it and they make it in, you know, they're going to be battle tested. And that's one big thing going into the playoffs is, you know, you didn't have any easy wins coming into it. Uh, so you know how to play. And so if they get in, I think they could make some smoke of it. It's just, are, are they going to be able to settle down? And are they going to get back to like, all right, listen, you know, we know how to play defense. We know how to run the ball. Uh, Lamar, it, you know, he's not um, stuck in this. I need to run first. And, and, you know, he's got more of that passer ability to him now uh, and, and get back to that. If they can get the deep breath and settle back in, I, I think they could make a run at it. But when you're looking at Murder's Road of a schedule to finish the year, you know, it's going to be that it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. For me, I, you just don't know. Um, but you don't know anything about it in terms of playoff, in terms of the AFC. There's so many. Uh, the parity here is, is you know, you, whoever can get hot in the last three or four weeks is, is a team that, you know, that, that's the scariest. But if Lamar can start playing more consistent like he did earlier in the year, trust me, none of those teams that he's facing down the stretch want to see him because obviously it changes the whole scope of their defense and, and he's he's scary uh, when he when he's on. So if he could ever figure it out in terms of getting back on track and throwing the ball, completing passes, scoring touchdowns. Uh, but ultimately, I, I, I would say probably not. They don't make the playoffs. They just have too many injuries. I know Humphreys is out for the season. Which is their all-pro cornerback. Uh, so when you look at like look at those things, I think attrition will finally catch up to them, and you know they they probably don't make the playoffs. All right, Orlando, bearing bearing the Ravens nicely. Was, uh, was, was, <laughs> you, you got twenty-five of the thirty-two NFL teams right now who can at least uh, claim that they're in the playoff race and/or in the playoffs. But I'm looking at the top. Uh, let's go top five AFC, NFC, A NFC Rams, Cowboys, Bucks, Packers, and the Cardinals at 10 and two. And then the AFC Chargers, Chiefs, Ravens, Titans, and then the nine and four Patriots. Who of those t 10 Orlando, do you look at like that team is a pretender, you know, new, I I'm, I'm curious which way you want to go here. Cause there's a Ooh, lot of wow. options. Wow. There's so, there's so many teams that, from week to week, you don't know if they're contenders or pretenders uh, because some days they look great, and other 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 you know other game you know other day they don't. So uh, you know when you look at the Saints, did you mention the Saints though, right or no? I I, I didn't Saints give you New on? Orleans. I, I'm more I'm more looking like uh, New New Orleans right now is is uh, is sitting at twelve at five and seven. I'm I'm looking for. I'd love you to say the Cardinals are 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 going to implode in the playoffs and or the, or the Pats, or but maybe no, no. maybe maybe you think it's maybe you think it's the Green Bay or Tampa or I don't know. You can look at uh, between the Titans and the Ravens, the Chiefs. I would I don't think anyone's going to say no, Kansas City. You know what? I would probably say out of because those first four teams you name, I think they're all contenders. Um, you know, I think the Tennessee Titans, because you just don't know. Uh, I'm not a big believer in Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if, uh, you know, Henry's going to come back at, at running back. So, you know, they looked great against my Rams a few weeks ago, but then they fell off, fell off the map a little bit. So I don't know if I quite believe in those guys, those Tennessee Titans yet. Um, Julio Jones, the receiver, Brown's out. So I just don't know if in injury's going to take them out or if they, could, if they can muster up enough steam to – to make a real run in the, in the playoffs. 
So that would be my team. But I think those first four teams, when you're talking about the Cardinals and, and Green Bay and Tampa and, and, and New England, all those teams are, to me, seem like solid teams that have good quarterback play. Yeah, that's tough. Um, you know, when you look at those four teams, the one that stands out to me, um, because Tennessee is, I think, and I've taken gruff over this for a while now, but I just, without Derrick Henry, I don't think that team is the same team. Um, I don't think they have the same offensive production. Their defense is still solid. Um, but when you're getting like 190 yards out of Tannehill, uh, you're just not going to win a lot of games. <clears throat> but the one that I'm worried about is the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and I've put him on my coaching uh, coach of the year, Cliff Kingsbury. You know, he's done an amazing job. Um, they're getting Kyler Murray back. Um, you know, it, and so I'm excited to see what they do. But I have this. I have this dark cloud over me that says that the Arizona Cardinals aren't going to be able to uh, withstand the playoffs. Um, and I don't know why, like, I think it's probably recency bias that has it in me. Um, but it's just, it's one of those things where I, I know, I, I still believe that they're unbelievable and they're still at the top of the NFC. And, and I know all these things. I just have this feeling that when it comes time for playoffs, that they're just going to crash and burn. And I don't know why I, there's nothing that you look at it and says, Oh, that's definitely, you know, that's their, their red flag. It just, that's, that's what's in my mind. This was a layup for you, Nick. You, you could have just look, you can't throw the ball three times to win football games consistently. You can't win with a rookie quarterback, Mac Jones, everybody's singing Belichick's praises. It's going to, it's going to bail out in the playoffs, but it sounds like you believe in new England. <laughs> you don't <laughs> Listen, you try I, to get Nick I, on the record of saying he believes in yes. New England. <laughs> no, and I'm not going to say it because I'm never going to believe in New England. I'm, I'm not going to do that to myself. Um, what's going to, what gets me is I, I will never believe in a rookie quarterback. Um, if this was second year Mac Jones, I would say that they're solid and they're good to go. Um, I don't care what system you have, rookies are still going to be rookies. Um, it is what it is. It's test time. Rookies are rookies for a reason. Um, but they, what I will say for Bill is that he does put Mac Jones in the best possible position to succeed. You know, the way that they, they ran the ball 32 consecutive times against Buffalo. Um, they threw the ball three times. Like it's, that game was set up to be a running game and the Patriots decided, listen, that's what we're going to do. And we're going to stick to our guns. I think many coaches, when you got um, probably late in the third quarter there and it's still a one-score game, you know, might think, hey, if we got the wind to our back, let's throw a couple, you know, get another score in there. We'll feel a little bit more comfortable about where we are in this game. And Bill stuck to his guns and said, listen, we're just going to run the ball. I mean, they ran a QB sneak. It was like th third and five. And they ran a QB sneak um, to get it to fourth and two and then ran the QB sneak again. So, like that was their commitment, and that's what they did. And I think that's what makes Bill, um, you know, the greatest coach of all time is that he, he will stay committed to a game plan and he will ride it out because he thinks he knows best. And, you know, obviously he did that day. Um, I just don't think, you know, if, if Buffalo didn't make the mistakes that they made, I mean, they went 0-3 in the red zone. Um, they didn't run Josh Allen as much as they should have. Uh, they still – they were throwing the ball a little bit and making some great plays but they just, they had the mistakes. If it had gotten to a point 
where the Bills were up by maybe a score, maybe two. If, if the Bills had gotten up two scores and they would have had to unleash Mac Jones, I think it would have been ugly. And that's where, you know, you we can all say that Bill's doing a fantastic job, but he's able to to coach from position of power. You know, if the Bills don't mess up, it's a whole different ballgame. And so the Patriots, to me, they're doing everything that they should be doing. They're playing great defense. They're running the ball fantastically. And they're letting Mac Jones make his plays where he can without trying to, you know, do too much. And they've all accepted it. Josh McDaniels accepted it. Mac Jones accepted it. You know, Bill is, is the puppet master and getting them all in place. But at some point, they're going to have to get out of their comfort zone. And I don't know if it's going to happen before the playoffs or once you're in the playoffs, but once you're out of your comfort zone and you've kind of kept this rookie in bubble wrap as we've gone through the season, it, it might get ugly just because I, I don't like rookies. Yeah, it, let, let me let me just yeah let me let me say that I think Bill Bill um, you know obviously the probably the, the one of the greatest the greatest coaches of all time to have that patience to run the ball and only pass the ball three times consistently and stick to your guns your game plan not many coaches would ever do that um, but to your point Nate there's going to be a point in the playoffs where you can't protect Mac Jones that way you can't protect him at some point. You got to put him in harm's way where he's going to have to make a play because you're playing against better teams. The defensive scheme's going to be better and he's going to have to make some plays. Um, and I think they did a great job this past weekend of, of, you know, obviously protecting them, not putting them in harm's way, then have them throwing or running a ton. Um, but to get back to our initially uh, initial point, Buffalo is one of those teams I think can implode. I think we talk a lot about, um, you know, they, they, they had Super, Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, but when you get Josh Allen in those moments where there's fourth and long, he kind of gets a little fidgety to me for some reason. And he'll, 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 he'll make a bad throw, make a bad decision, sit in the pocket, take a sack when he's not supposed to take a sack. So he's one of that Buffalo is one of those teams to get back to our original point of I think they, they could implode down the stretch uh, in the playoffs. Uh, Orlando, I heard you say that New England is a pretender. That's what I heard. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> but you never know coaching. I think coaching, when you look at their staff and what they do well, uh, you know, obviously they, they, you know, I just don't believe, I think a rookie quarterback at some point will make a rookie mistake and it'll probably be in the playoffs somewhere. Let, let's look at the wild card teams right now. And this could change obviously with 25 teams still in contention here, but right now we've got the chargers, Bengals and bills in the AFC 49ers, Rams, Washington in the NFC. Of those six, who do you think has the best chance of winning the Super Bowl, Nick? Um, you know, out of those teams, the one I'm looking at because they did they did hurt my record, uh, the Chargers. You know, being able to go into Cincinnati, play in the cold, play at one o'clock, you know, all things that are a big strikes against the West Coast team. Uh, they were able to handle it and handle it well. Uh, Justin Herbert, I think, is a fantastic up-and-coming quarterback. Um, they have the potential where they can do some things. And you, we just, for some reason, the Chargers are another team that has this little dark cloud over them. Um, but I feel like with the way that they're playing, uh, if they got hot and got rolling, you know, they could be a, a force to be reckoned with in the playoffs. Yeah, it's, it's easy for me. I'm, I'm going to stick with my Rams um, just because I think they have so much, so much talent. 
uh, at some point, uh, you know, obviously they played Jacksonville this past weekend, uh, which is probably one of those games to kind of get them back going a little bit after after dropping three three games. Uh, but, you know, obviously it's one of those things where they have so much talent. If McVay can f- figure out a way to get all the pieces together and keep everybody healthy and have Matt, Matthew Stafford, you know, do what he was doing early in the season, they have a real chance to make a run. And, and you know, obviously Aaron Don, you get Von Miller. Uh, to put some pressure on some quarterbacks and play at a high level, I think they could they could put it, pull it together and make a real Super Bowl run. I love the loyalty, and that would <laughs> it would be, it'd be a great story. Hey, just because we've basically talked about every team in the NFL uh, except for uh, Nick's Jets, let let's tee up the bottom of the league right now: Giants, Jets, Lions, Jaguars, Texans. We'll make you own your Chicago Bears, Orlando. <laughs> and, and and the Seahawks, who I mean, there's major changes coming to these teams. Who of those uh, six do you think could actually be? Who would you bet on to be in the playoffs next year? Nick, you want to go? Um, ooh, that's a tough one. Because uh, they're all they're all not good. Um, <laughs> I. I, if I had to pick one, it would be someone that has uh, – the Seahawks are kind of the one that you always go back to. You, you have Russell Wilson. Um, I don't know what's going on this year with them. Um, but if we have this downward spiral, you know, I, I, I don't know if they're going to climb back out of it. The one that I'm kind of intrigued by, just because we won't, we don't know what's going to happen in Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, um, so the division could be up for grabs the uh the bears you know justin fields being ohio state quarterback i have to be a homer um you know they have him there they can play to his they're going to have a new head coach um you can get a bump off of that you know with a a solid quarterback in place they have a good defense so if i were going to say if i were going to put it on there i would probably take the bears yeah and i think yeah i I was thinking the bears also but it's all it's also contingent on uh, what type of head coach is coming in there next? Will he will he be the head coach that kind of fits what Justin Fields does well? Uh, and obviously, so he can have some growth. I love to see what what Jacksonville is going to do. Urban Meyer down there in Jacksonville, what he can do. Um, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence, he's been talented, the best quarterback in, of this generation. Love to see him get his feet under him and see what he can do with some real talent around him. They, you know, hopefully he'll draft well, get some weapons for him. Uh, so I love to see that guy, but. In Detroit, I looked at Jared Goff last week. Now I don't know. I don't know if he if he'll be there next year. But if he plays anywhere close to the way he played against the uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings this past week, and they add a few more pieces, they could make a run. Uh, Nick, to your point, if Aaron Rodgers is out of Green Bay, they could be they could be in the playoffs next year too. So I'm, I'm a, let me say Detroit only because if Jared Goff plays and stays. I'll say Detroit because I think they, they have a, they have an easier path with Aaron Rodgers out of the way. The Lions celebrated like they won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I know, I know. For them, they, they did. They, they, they did. They got off, you know, they did. But, you know, Jared Goff has that kind of he – he had a couple games like that with the Rams, man, and I'm not sure what happened this year, but, you know, he, he played well uh, last week, so – I'm I'm just thinking about down years for y'all and just you get a win like that. It's got to feel it's got to feel like the Super Bowl. Like, oh, my God, we got one. Thank you. I can I can enjoy my my dinner. I can sleep. All right. 
does any game stick out to you that way? We're like, oh, thank you. I can breathe. Yeah, you know what it does. I, I think my second year in the league, I lost eight in a row. By the time we won that ninth game, it was like, dude, because everybody, you don't realize that streak and everybody's talking about it in the newspapers. Everybody, you don't even want to go out. You can't, you know, you don't want to go out in public because you've lost eight games in a row. So to win that game, it sort of does feel like a Super Bowl just to get that that off your back. Yeah, having having a, after a losing streak um, where, you know, we're talking four four or five plus games, you know, you get that next win. You're just like, oh, thank you. Like, it's, it's so much better. The, the whole atmosphere is different. Your home life's better. Uh, just walking in the facility, like the security guard sitting at the stand, like he's got a smile on his face that morning. Like it, it just, it changes everything. All right, Joe, let's make our picks here. Uh, last week, uh, y- y'all tied Orlando one and two, Nick one and two, which, uh, pace you're on, you're still, uh, creeping here at the same pace. I should say at 17 and 20, Nick's 21 and 16. So we, we need a hot streak for Orlando to get in here. Uh, Nick, you want to start off picks of the week? Of course, all your gambling, go to winbet.com, W-Y-N-N-B-E-T.com. Pick of the week, Nick Mangling, you're leading the competition, so you go first. This one, um, it's recency biased. I will admit that right away. Um, So I'm going with it, even though uh, the number scares me. I'm taking Chargers minus 10 versus the Giants. Giants are on their third quarterback. Uh, It's a home game for the Chargers. Uh, It's a lot of points in the NFL. I get that. I just don't see the Giants being able to match. I don't think Saquon's back from that injury as as much as he'd like to be. So uh, for me, I I think the Chargers, after having that solid win in Cincinnati, are feeling pretty good. And I think they'll come out um, and make quick work of the Giants. Yeah, yeah. For me, my game of the week is the Dallas Cowboys minus four over the Washington football team. Uh, Dallas has had some time. They've been playing on Thursday nights for the past couple of weeks, so they've had some time to get some guys healthy, get them back in the fold. I think they start hitting their stride a little bit, uh, and they win by more than than, uh, than four points on on Sunday. Season record seventeen and twenty. Orlando Knicks twenty one and sixteen. Orlando, give me your upset. I'm going with the, I think the Detroit Lions, I've been jumping on their bandwagon a little bit. Uh, I think they, they continue their success. They're going against the Denver Broncos and they're getting seven and a half points. I think they'll, it'll be much closer than that. So my pick is the Detroit Lions. I'm riding Jared Goff to continue his hot streak and, and playing well. And, uh, you know, that, that victory can be contagious. So they may even be a, a major upset there. So the red hot Detroit Lions. <laughs> Let's go. Hot Detroit Lions. That was that was actually my second pick uh, for upset. I, I do. Um, that's a big number. I think they're going to keep it close. The only thing that concerns me is going to mile high. Uh, that affects everybody differently. So, uh, best of luck to you, Orlando. Even though I still want to beat you. Um, <laughs> personally, uh, I'm going to say that the Ravens will have that uh, deep breath and get back on track moment. Uh, they're sitting at two and a half over the Browns. Um, I think the Browns are still just uh, a disarray. I don't think um, Baker's getting healthy anytime soon. So I think the Ravens' defense will feast, and I hope Lamar figures it out and doesn't try to do too much. So I'm taking Ravens plus two and a half. That almost feels like stealing, getting the better team, uh, and you're getting points. I like it. 
Let's do let's do the number. We going we going up top or we going underneath here, Nick? Um, I hate doing it, but uh, the Jets versus the Saints. Um, it's here in New Jersey. It's going to be cold. Uh, weather seems to be uh, a slight factor. So the Saints, uh, you know, usually used to playing in a dome. Um, you know, the Jets just uh, are all over the place right now, and they need to figure things out. So I'm taking under 43 and a half with the Jets Saints. Yeah, yeah. For me, I'm going Buffalo Bills and Tampa Bay. Uh, I'm going in the under 52 and a half points. I think it'll be a, a really good game, but I think uh, you know, obviously, it, it'll be under the 52 and a half. So th that's my take. It's a big one Sunday Sunday afternoon. Don't forget uh, Sunday night. Uh, Interesting that nobody was willing to take the Chicago Bears uh, with a <laughs> with a major upset at Green Bay. Gentlemen, I, I went backwards hat today because I want to be on the team. I want to know if you think that I'm even remotely pulling it off. Do I have any of the you know the the NFL offensive linemen living the dream life look? That uh, I mean, can I pull this off, or I got to go back to regular you know nerd TV guy? What do you think? No, no, you're adopted. You're in. You're in, you in the club. Oh, You're in. This is big. This is big. We we'll get you growing a beard here next week, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, if I if I do see that, we're gonna get stuff. a lot. I'll get a lot of grays coming in here. I, maybe I, I don't. I don't. I don't see too many out there. I maybe, maybe you know Nick, you're hiding it well. Yeah. Know you might. Yeah. yeah mine's hidden. Yeah. Gentlemen, great stuff. Big man bets. We're we got five weeks to go here. Playoffs lurking. So uh, hey. Good luck, good luck on the picks. Let's get hot. And uh, thanks to everybody for watching the show today. We appreciate it. We'll see you next week.